This is Joe Burns. And Beth West. Hey, thank you for listening to the Rock School Radio Podcast. We think you'll learn something. Now, remember, if you want to hear the show with all the music in place, go to kslu.org and stream the show live Thursdays at 5 and Sundays at 4. It's a new show every week. Now enjoy this week's Rock School Radio Show. Portions of the day's programming are reproduced by means of electrical transcriptions or tape recordings. Time for school. Rock school with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. I took the helmet on and off so many times that I chopped his nose off. He was oh. a sphinx Knievel. And Beth West. The year that I got a cabbage patch kid when I am of that age. That class is in. Rock School Radio Show, and it's Christmas. It's it Christmas. is. It's wonderful. Merry Christmas. Beth doesn't like to make toys. Beth doesn't like I to make toys. I want to be a dentist. Beth doesn't like to make toys. Beth doesn't like to make toys. Bumbles bounce. So do Burns's. My name is Joe Burns. You are? I'm Beth West. Who wants to be a dentist once again. I want again. to be a dentist. That's right. What was, what was going on up there before Herbie was there as I mean do they all just, elves have horrible teeth they dentures they That's build their own know. dentures I think and on the island of misfit toys I mean mm-hmm. I understand the concept of the train with square wheels not working but the gun that shot jelly every kid in America that would have been have awesome wanted. that was an awesome toy that was an awesome toy I don't remember what was wrong with the doll That's either. what I want to know too did it fall apart when you touched it did, yeah. it, did it cry what I don't was wrong know with the doll? I think it was very I, I don't know there was some shady kind of anti female thing yeah. Going and on didn't there the, or something. Didn't the lion kind of remind you as of some kind of Narnia thing? Yeah. Like God himself most, was over top of the toys? Basically, most of the uh, toys on the island of Misfit Toys were awesome. I, I, I would have loved too. them. Yes. Yeah, the only one I didn't want, a, a polka dotted elephant? That was great. Some little yeah, girl would have thought that so was cute. wonderful. I would love a polka dotted elephant. What kind of people were they back I then? I know. They're this, so mean. Elephant is polka dotted. You can't be a dentist. Banish You it. are banished to an island because That's you were right. different. And then the kid's nose glowed and they kicked him off. Did you can't yeah, play in the reindeer games. we learned a valuable lesson about accepting hey, those who are different from us. I follow the Yukon Cornelius way of life. Okay. We're going to talk today on Rock School about Stax Records, S-T-A-X Records, one of the greatest R&B labels of all times, financial problems, you know, all kinds of concerns with it. Why Stax for the Christmas show? Because Stax, like many record labels, took all of their artists, their cavalcade Mm -hmm. of artists, and said, look, hey, it's July, Let's record a slew of Christmas songs that can be produced and sent out for Christmas. I don't know that I know any of these songs, so I'm really excited because I like Stax Records. Oh, I think you're going to like it. Every time I go to Memphis, I drive by and I've never gone to the museum. Have you ever been there? I've been to some studios. I've been to some studios and I've been, you know, to a bunch of other places in Memphis, but I always see it like driving out of Memphis, coming back home and go, oh, I'm so tired. I should go. Don't feel so bad because I'm going to break your heart. Those aren't the original studios. 
The original really? studios went into complete dilapidation. They got torn down by a church, and finally okay, investors well, so purchased back the land, rebuilt the studios, mm-hmm. and that is now where you know the okay. museum and I'd such. I still stands. like to see it, so. but I don't feel as bad about passing it by. Rufus Thomas started out on WDIA Memphis, maybe the first scream jock radio station ever. At least the station I consider the beginning of real jock radio. WDIA Rufus Thomas had the afternoon radio show called Hoot and Holler, and he was picked up by Stax Records to be one of their big performers. This is his Christmas contribution. I'll be your Santa baby. Oh, and by the way, another piece of neat little trivia carla thomas the queen of memphis soul rufus is her father take that really? one to the bank yeah. yes here he is on rock school Be a Santa baby. It's Rufus Thomas. You can just hear the disc jockey in yeah. him, can't you? Yeah, you can. Be as if I was an R&B singer. Um, <laughs> Come I, on, it's a Christmas spirit. Uh, okay, Christmas spirit yes. means I have to be charitable. So, yes, sure, it course. is just like if you were a blues singer. Sure. Yes. The Stacks of Wax logo, ladies and gentlemen. The Snapping Finger logo with the red Stacks, S-T-A-X Records, founded in 1957 as Satellite Records, but changed its name to Stacks Records in 1961. It's a play on words. You know, you've heard when disc jockeys would say Stacks of Wax because mm-hmm. there was sort of a wax base when they made uh, 45s at the first time. Stax is not because of stacks of wax. It's because of the two guys that founded the label, Jim Stewart and his sister, Estelle Axton. So take the ST from Stewart. People who start rate yeah. of, uh, record companies love doing this. I know. There's two know. of us. Let's smush our names together. But Stax is cool. That's it is. a cool name. It is. But it's a nice play. So yeah, yeah, it Stewart is. and Axton Stax. Yeah, it's, that's I totally it. cool. Yeah. And what they did was they got in deal with Atlantic Records. And Atlantic Records did the majority of the distribution for the label. And there's a, there's also another bad story. Stax is, is riddled with mm-hmm. mistakes all the way along the way. Right, they've done some great stuff, but made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, lots of mistakes. The, the story with Atlantic Records, they were doing the distribution, but the deal that these two people signed with Atlantic was that every song that came through them, Atlantic took a piece of it, took took part ownership. And now that Stax is, and you can kind of fight with me, does Stax exist? Well, kind of yeah, kind of no. It's kind of a reissue and kind of signing new people. Are they still signing new people? Well, we're going to get to that. It it goes through about four or five sales and rebuy and rebirth and Uh not and such. Right now, because of that original distribution deal with Stax, at this point, Atlantic Records 
owns the vast majority of the Stacks back catalog. Oh, so and that's when, where you got to make your money. Right. When you mm-hmm. hear Wilson Pickett, Sam and Dave, Aretha mm-hmm. Franklin, the Bar Kays, Albert King, the Mad Lads. Yeah. Nine out of ten of them are owned by Atlantic. Wow. Because we of could, a bad like, deal. I mean, when we when you say Motown, you kind of think, oh, that's synonymous with like the greatest R&B. Because, but if Stacks had kind of been a little bit more well-managed or sure. something... You could say stacks and entirely have, possible. Yeah. In fact, a lot of people will hear some things and go, "Well, that's a great Motown song." Oh, it's that's stacks. stacks. All right, we're gonna play one here called "Santa Claus Wants Some Lovin'." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's by a guy named Mac Rice. Now, someone's gonna say, "No, no, 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 no." Albert King had the hit with "Santa Claus Wants Some Lovin'." True, he did. This is Mac Rice doing the song. Okay, now who's Mac Rice? Well, just like Motown, just like most record labels at that point in time, they had a little stall of people who would write songs for them, Mm -hmm. and Mac Rice was their lead guy. He was their monster. So they let him sing a song for the Christmas album. You got it. Mac Rice wrote so many big hits. Here are the two that you probably know most of. Respect Yourself. Really? And Mustang Sally. Oh, uh, ruining yeah. weddings since <laughs> Santa Claus wants some love and Merry Christmas. It's Mac Rice on Rock School. Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas from the Rock School Radio Show. Uh, that's right. I'm Joe. She's Beth. We're talking Stax Records and playing the Christmas music of Stax Records. I was able to find these only as a CD to buy from Amazon. Not these, as an MP3. No, they anywhere. weren't downloaders. And I don't Man, understand these that. some rarities that people are hearing. Yeah, they are. Nice. If you listen to Stax Records songs more than likely as a matter of fact probably 95 percent of them had the same backing band on it booker t and the mgs yeah now everybody knows green onion by booker Uh t and the mgs but they also put out a slew of other songs on their own and i have one here they do winter wonderland this is winter wonderland take two oh take two i I don't know why but it specifically states take two on the record fine who are they well, Booker T is Booker T. Jones, and everybody knows him as the keyboardist. However, he was also the saxophone player. So when you hear a sax solo on oh, a lot really? of these songs, it's probably Booker T. playing it. Donald Duck Dunn was on the bass. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I should probably point this out. If you've ever seen the Blues Brothers movie yes. or seen the Blues Brothers uh-huh. play on Saturday Night Live, that's the Stax backing band backing him up outside of Paul Schaefer. I never realized that until just now. That's awesome. Donald Duck Dunn is the the guy with the big afro Mm -hmm. who always has a pipe. Yeah, yeah. And and sunglasses. Steve Cropper's on guitar. He's the real big, beefy, meaty guitarist who has sort of an Amish looking beard on him. There's a lot of uh, interesting hair going on. Yeah. Yeah. And Al Jackson on drums. And I don't want to get into it here because it's a Christmas show, but read the story of Al Jackson's life. It it, it didn't end well. But Ooh, okay. moving along, yeah. uh, Louis Steinberg would also play bass on a lot of early Stax recordings, and the horn players were normally Floyd Newman. Floyd? 
Floyd? You mean one of the Muppets were named after these guys? Yeah. Gene mm-hmm. Bowlegs Miller and Gilbert Capel, I believe. C-A-P-L-E. I think that's C-A-P-L-E. how you would say it. Capel sounds Capel, right. Capel? Capel sounds right. Capel sounds yeah. right to me. And that's basically the backing band for almost everything you hear on Stax Records. If you'd like to hear them in person, it's Booker T and the MGs. It's a winter wonderland for Christmas on Rock School. Okay, we got a couple minutes before the first break here, and I wanted to play what was easily Stax Records' major star, Otis Redding. I've been waiting for Otis. He has yes. arrived. He has I arrived. knew you said, we're doing Stax, and I was like, yes, we're going to do Otis. Well, here's what happens. A lot of people state that Otis Redding wasn't on Stax Record. He was on Volt record Mm -hmm. or he was on Atlantic. Well, here's the thing. If you get that from somebody, you know, Otis Redding was on Stacks. No, he was on Volt. Here's a thing. Here's a neat little piece of trivia for you. Here's how you can slap them with information. (laughs) Here's how you can slap them back down. Don't do that, but nicely tell them. This was, back in the 1960s, was a time of payola scare in the world of radio. And a lot of radio stations got nervous to play more than two songs per label per hour for fear of being proclaiming, look, you're taking payola. So you couldn't play three stacks you know, in the same hour. Because then people would think, oh, Stax is giving you a little right. something you obviously the table. Are, yeah. Right, you're doing something. Yeah. So Stax did what a lot of people did. Have you ever noticed Motown has like seven labels? Yeah, like little sub-labels. You got it. Yeah. And and that happened. So what they did was instead of putting everybody on Stax, they created Volt. So now sure. you could have four songs by members of the Stax Cavalcade. Because technically, played, they're not on Stax. They're Volt. on Volt. And they're being distributed by Atlantic. So you could also have them on Atlantic Records. Yeah. So now you could have six. Per- That's the reason for it. Mm-hmm. It's not that they, let's create this whole thing for him. They're on Stax. It's yeah. just because of Payola, little tiny record labels. They had to were create created. a way to get around it. Exactly that. I'm sure there were a lot of, especially a lot of Memphis stations that just played a lot of. Stacks. Well, of course. That was they, they were the so many people. amazing people. Yeah. They were the people. It is Otis Redding. Merry Christmas, baby. Should the dripping mess right here in Rockford. All right, first break here on Rock School, coming out of Otis Redding. And by the way, most of what I read about Stax Records suggests that the death of Otis Redding, mm-hmm. you know, he died along with the Barkays yeah, you know, right, in the plane in the crash, plane crash. Um, was really the beginning of the downward spiral of Stax Records. And we'll we'll talk about that towards okay. the end of the show, what actually happened with Merry Stax. Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Let's talk about the Christmas. demise. Of- sure. <laughs> but that's, that's really what a mm-hmm. lot of people stated. Their major act was gone. Right, yeah. I mean, I mean me that'll wrong. bring down... They had other people, but... But still. Uh, yeah. When you... Yeah, when Otis kind of leaves the picture, then, yeah, then you're, you're not left trouble. with much. Yeah. Do you remember, Beth West, what was the best Christmas gift you ever received? Your best toy. I... The... 
the year that I got a Cabbage Patch Kid when I am of that age. Oh, that, there were fights were, at the malls over those. My mom told me later, you know, because I was like, Santa brought me a cabbage. Because right. I was little. It was really little. My and kids it was still ugly. believe. It was ugly, yeah. too. It had, like, short little... It was a girl, but it had really, really weird, short, bowl-cut hair. Yeah. It was terribly ugly. But apparently, yeah, my mom said that she had, like basically caught it off the back of the truck <laughs> as it was coming into Walmart. Like they had people go around the back and like some, I think she may not have even caught it. Somebody felt bad for her. She was like a young mother. Yeah. Probably like with my sister. Like, Oh, that's fantastic. Like, yeah. yeah. Greatest thing I ever got was still to this day. It's the best toy I've ever had was um, an evil Knievel on a motorcycle what? that you you put inside of this little plastic thing and you you had a spiral yeah, you magneto it. in it. You cranked it and then evil took off. Whoa, that I, sounds awesome. I took the helmet on and off so many times that I chopped his nose off. He was oh. a sphinx Knievel. It was fantastic. Hello, Kay. What do we got here? SCL Shreveport, Louisiana. Thanks for running the radio show. Hello, KSRQ, Thief River Falls, Minnesota. Get us on Facebook. By all means, get on the computorial device and search Rock School Radio Show and you will find find us back in a minute with a group that had a huge number one back in 1977 but also sings christmas music you'll love them back in a minute on rock school Talking about Stax music here on Rock School, i got to play a song for you to the bottom of the hour. Are you familiar with the song from 1977, You Get the Best of Heck My yeah. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. I don't, Did, can't tell you who sings it, but I know all the words. Why, it's the emotions. Oh, the Oh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen. The emotions. Did you know they were also the backup singers for a while for Earth, Wind, and Fire? Were they? Yes. Yeah. Listen to Boogie Wonderland. That's them. Uh, they are from Chicago, and they are three sisters. I'm trying to find their names here. I don't see their names, but they are the children of Joseph and Lillian Hutchinson. So they so are the Hutchinson sisters. They are the Hutchinson sisters, which is not as good as the emotions. No, no, it is not. Emotions is better. Yep. They had a whole bunch of hits, uh, only one on the chart chart, the top 40, mm-hmm. uh, which went to number one. That's Best of My Love. And of course, in a Boogie Wonderland with uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. But in terms of Stax Records, they had a fantastic song. It's a touch slow, but what do the lonely do at Christmas? Oh, it's sounds... the emotions. Well, you gotta have one of these. You gotta have. Yeah, you're you right. Know... On my Christmas mix, I have like Willie Nelson's like sure. super, super sad Christmas song. One. It's the emotions. Yeah. What do the lonely do at Christmas on Rock School? Okay, bottom of the hour here on Rock School. Beth, are you familiar with the concept of Watt Stack? Nope. W-A-T-T-S-T-A-X. Watt Stack. No, but I, I, for some reason I could spell it for you, okay. but no. This is an unbelievably good story. 
Oh, really? It's, okay, oh, yeah. I'm preparing myself. It has yeah. it has some bad elements in it. Okay. But it it's is a great a, story. It's a great story, and we're going to get into it in the second half hour, and it is one of the, I guess, crowning achievements, if you would, of the Stax records, and it's a, it really is a great story. It's got some scary beginnings, mm-hmm. but it's a good story of what Watts, uh, what Stax did with Watts, and that will give you sort of a tip to right, where it Right, yeah. I'm, I'm getting a hint now. But we'll take a break here and we'll do on this Christmas show seven days in 70 seconds. These are the dates, December 16th through December 22nd. Doesn't quite get to the Christmas day, We're but getting there. Uh, if we did it the next week, it would be, be after, after Christmas and that wouldn't be very good. I yeah. believe Beth has Monday. Go, Don. December 16th, 1971, Don McLean's 8-minute-plus version of American Pie was released. December 17th, 1977, Elvis Costello and the Attractions appear on NBC's Saturday Night Live in place of the Sex Pistols. Where were the Pistols? The Sex Pistols could not get visas to enter in to the United States. December 18th, 1975, Rod Stewart announced that he was leaving Faces for a solo career. December 19th, 2001, Dick Clark filed a $10 million lawsuit against the Recording Academy President Michael Green. The charge was that Green would bar artists who would appear first on Clark's American Music Awards from performing on the Grammy Awards. December 20th, 1962, the Osmond Brothers appeared on NBC TV's Andy Williams show for the first time. Yeah, that's where they got shown off to the United States. December 21, 1970, Elvis Presley goes to the White House wearing a cape. To volunteer his services to U.S. President Nixon on fighting the nation's drug problems, he was high at the time. He gave Nixon a chrome-plated Colt 45, and Tricky Dicky gave Elvis a Narcotics Bureau badge. How times have changed. Could you waltz up to the White House today? And just hand the president a gun. Yeah, yeah. And finally, December 22nd, 1991, Greg Ullman makes his acting debut as a drug kingpin in the movie rush and that wraps up seven days and 70 seconds we're going to do one now by these people they are pops cleotha purvis yvonne and mavis they are the people who sang respect yourself i'll take you there if you're ready come go with me and let's do it again but they also sang who took the mary out of christmas it's the staple singers on the christmas show here on rock school Coming out of Who Took the Mary Out of Christmas, the Staple Singers, I asked you if you knew what Watts Stacks was. Right, and I didn't. Now, you know what the Watts Riots are. As soon as you said Watts, I was like, oh, it must have something to do with the time period and everything fits. Now, remember, Motown and Stacks were out at the same time, and for that time, were really competitors. Right. Same type of R&B music. Mm -hmm. However, I always found Motown to be so much more poppy and these guys were a little more, more gritty. Bluesy and yeah, gritty. More bluesy yeah, and gritty, right. I agree. And, which means it appealed to me a little bit more mm-hmm. than Motown. Motown was more my wife's stuff and I wanted the stuff yeah. with a harder edge to it. So Motown used to package up their artists, their cavalcade of artists, and uh-huh. send them on tours. So well, they yeah, didn't sure. do that a whole lot. So when they tried, what they did was take their groups Put them together and send them out to L.A. Well, why not start in Memphis? Well, they were going to start in L.A. and, and come move their way back. Right, that just makes that sense. Way. That makes right. sense. The first concert of the first tour happens the day before the Watts riots. Oh my gosh! And their people, all of their artists, didn't get out. 
because they couldn't get they couldn't airplanes get out of yeah. all at the same time. Yeah, it was the city those, was kind of shut down. You got it. Yeah. And so a lot of the artists had to ride out the Watts riots in their hotel rooms. Oh my goodness. And the stories yeah. are going that the, you know, the stacks people, uh, you know, in back in Memphis are getting harried phone calls. Get us the heck out of here. This right. city is on fire. And they couldn't do anything about it. No, there's much. nothing you can do. In case you're wondering, I'll give it to you very quickly. The Watts riots lasted six days. Mm-hmm. They happened in 1965, 34 deaths, and was at that time the city's largest unrest. And it all happened now, when I say it all happened over possible ticket for driving, please understand there was a great deal of racial tension and unrest. It was leading that was we're talking about the this. straw that broke the camel's back. You got it. Right. A guy by the name of Marquette Fry is stopped for suspicion of driving drunk or driving oddly, mm-hmm. and while he's being talked to, his mother is is gotten. His brother runs and gets his mother, and the thing goes, the story goes, is that somebody pushed. The mother. Oh. The mother gets pushed. That, in turn, gets somebody pushing the cops. Push, push. uh, Yeah, somebody pushes your mom. Right. Push, 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 push. And it escalates, and off it goes. And so, yeah, all the tension that had been building up kind of just... And it explodes. Like a tidal wave. Right. But to simply say the Watts riot started over a cop stop... Yeah. No, they didn't. No, 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 no. No. Much more going up That was like, yeah, the little spark. Okay, so so what happens then? What... Because I'm saying it's Mm -hmm. a good story. This is not a good story no, so far. No, the Watts riots are not a good story, right? What the people of Stax did with it mm-hmm. is a good story. We're going to play a song. I'll come back. I'll tell you what they did. This is White Christmas by the Rance Allen Group. Not a very well-known group by Stax. They're out of Monroe, Michigan, uh, based in Toledo, Ohio. They were named Best Religious Group of the Year by the National Association of Television and Radio Announcers. There you go. I've never heard of them. I know. Me either. Let's hear their version of White Christmas. Here you go. (laughs) Here in Rock School. Second break here on Rock School. Now, no artist from Stax was harmed, but I have to believe it was scary, scary, scary oh, for right. a week. Emotional scarring for everyone. Involved, I have I'm to sure. believe. Seven years later, in 1972, at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum on August 20th, Watts Stax is performed. Okay. It is sort of a celebration of the rebirth of the city. It was billed as the African-American Woodstock, and it was put on by Stax because they were there mm-hmm. when it started. Tickets were, get this, a buck each. Awesome. A dollar. I bet that's still pretty uh, you know, cheap in today's prices. Oh, it was amazing. And at that time, you could see something like 12 of the biggest artists Stax had to give uh-huh. at the time. And what's nice about it, if you're like, well, I'd kind of like to see that. I wish I had seen that. You can. Oh, it was recorded? It's a documentary called Watt Stax. 
And you can get it off of Netflix. And on top of that, it has just been released as part of a multi-CD set and multi-DVD set. That's really set. cool. I you want to get see the whole that. Thing. Now, to see that. what's interesting is a lot of people probably don't know much of the concert, but they probably know the invocation of it. Jesse okay. Jackson kicked it off, and he did it with "I am" and the crowd coming back. "I am somebody, somebody. Yes. I am, I am somebody, somebody." That's awesome. Have you heard that? Yes, and it's very like I get like chills thinking sure. about it. Because, that's the yeah. that's what most people mm-hmm. know of the mm-hmm. concert, but they don't know that then that's it what went it was. on yeah. to an all day festival of music mm-hmm. celebrating the rebirth. of So did the Otis city. Redding play? I don't sex? know. I was going to say then he I played. I don't know the years of death and and such. Yeah. I don't oh, know yeah, the years 70, of death. Oh, yeah. I can't We're going to take exactly a break when. here. I'll run and take a quick look to see the years of death. I would just think it would be interesting if he played both Woodstock and... I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to take a quick look as you just grab the I'm Hello Kitty phone. Go take a look at it. Look up Wattstack. It will show you the poster okay. and will tell you all the people that are on it. Okay. Hello there, KLSU. Thanks for running the radio show. And Hello, Radio Universidad and Salamaca, Spain. Good. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Okay, we looked it up. I um, was Redding. way yeah. off. He played the Monterey Pop Festival. Not the original not, Woodstock. Not Woodstock. No, I knew was that. 1967. I couldn't, I couldn't come up with his year of death, though. Late. Actually, tomorrow will be the anniversary, December 10th, 1967. Right, because we're recording on the 9th. This right. will air. We're recording December 9th. We're, we're doing a lot of early recording because the university closes where we record, and we won't have access to these studios. Right. We have so to get all in now. Right. So he would have been uh, passed away five years before this concert even right. uh, occurred. So mm. speaking of concerts... The people at Stax, again, were not having as much success going on concerts as the people at Motown. They put on a series of Christmas concerts. They didn't go very well. The one from 1968 was especially bad when they invited Janis Joplin to come and participate. She showed up so drunk that she couldn't perform and was booed off stage, and Yikes. they stopped the concert after that. Yikes. Yeah. However... They had a series of European concerts and were massively successful there. The album Otis Live in Europe came from those concerts, Mm, speaking mm -hmm. of Otis Redding. So success there with the the rundown. We're going to take a little bit of time towards the end of the show, which is pretty much where we're at, uh, and talk about the demise of Stax and what's happening with it today. The Tempries, ladies and gentlemen, it's an American soul vocal trio from Memphis, Tennessee, sang in the 60s, went on to disco when the tide turn and that was pretty much it i wish i had more it's to hard tell to come back them. from disco it is it's christmas time again it's the tempries on rock school Okay, last break here on Rock School, and then we'll play out with a a few more songs from the Stax Records Christmas LPs. Here is what happened to Stax Records. With the death of Otis Redding, a downslide began, along with 
trying to compete with Motown and a bad distribution deal with CBS Records. I thought you said they were with Atlantic. They are. However, they put together a second distribution deal with CBS, which was equally as bad. They slid into insolvency in 1975. What do you do when you go insolvent? Well, you find somebody to infuse you with money. Fantasy Records buys the catalog and begins reissues and signing new acts in 1978, but stops the new acts and becomes simply a reissue label in 1980. Wow! So yeah, that's. I that. mean, they had already like redone themselves and slid back down by 1980. You got it. That's crazy. The Concord Music Group comes along and buys the whole thing up, and since Fantasy owned Stacks, mm-hmm. by them buying Fantasy, they yeah. in turn bought Stacks in 2004 and begin signing new acts. But they're not really putting out anything new. They're just doing a lot of reissuing, yeah. and still to this day, Atlantic Records owns the majority of Stacks back catalog. That's where it stands today. Stax exists, but it's mainly a reissue label. Yeah, I mean, I guess I can kind of you when once you have Otis Redding, it's kind of hard to have other people and to move on from that. And like I said earlier, you can still go see the Stax studio, but understand it is a studio that had been torn down in 1989, reopened, rebuilt back in 2003. It's a replica, but still, it's a super cool place to go. Oh, yeah. It is a museum filled with the original stuff, and if you're like me and you love that music, Mm -hmm. it will be one whale of a good afternoon. Plus, you can then go to Peel Street and eat yourself stupid on barbecue. Seriously, it's (laughs) delicious. Super so delicious. we're going to wrap it up. Beth? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too. Merry Christmas. We will be back next week with what is uh, always not so much a looked forward to show, but one I think we always need to do. It's those who passed away over the year. We give them one more little shout out. Thank you so much for doing what you did for us. And we will be back then. Class is dismissed. <laughs>